Man, it is good to be back. And I just realized we got to add William's name to that uh, introduction. I'd love to uh, include him. He's been involved in so many of these episodes. Guys, welcome back to another episode of the Champion Reads podcast, where we average awesome Joes and uh, other members of the Champion Circle Network. Uh, absolutely love to dive into just our experiences, our our, our own opinions, and just what we're learning as we dive into really cool bestseller books. And the one book that we've decided to discuss this month is called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And I'd love to just jump right on into the conversations. No announcements. There's just some really good stuff here. And uh, um, I want to welcome my two co-hosts here, Ian Dollar sign, Sturmer. Sturmer. <laughs> I, had to, I had to throw the dollar sign in there. Um, and then William Blake, uh, lo- love and appreciate you both. And I'm excited to hear and learn from you guys because these are these are things that we constantly have to continue to learn. And the four agreements is a great reminder that whether you dive in and believe what the book shares with you or you take the principles at face value, um, there's just some there's just some really really great applications. And constant reminders. I mean, we fall short of these agreements all the time, but these are the things we can remind ourselves that that we we can do. And um, this is just a really really great book. Um, I like it for personal development. Um, on the business side, it, it helps as an application to clientele, to representing values, and and just so much more. But um, just a little brief history and might do some reading here for you guys, but uh, I've got this cute little version of the book. It's my pocket version of the four agreements and I do carry it around wherever I go. It's, it's a, it's just a great reminder. And it's kind of like one of those types of books where it's so it's small enough where you can get a lot out of it. If you, um, if you, if you apply them when you, when you read them, they can, they can be like a, a quote book or an inspiration or a motivation book. Um, I've got a book on my shelf over there called the uh, the the motivation motivation manifesto, and it's by Brendan Burchard, and it's got a ton of great just like quotes and phrases and strategies on how to just make your day awesome. And um, I feel like this is one of those books, so I'm excited to dive in and just to give everyone a little bit of a brief history um, and, and sort of an introduction. I'll sort of read the introduction from this because it, I think it helps. Um, but but this is a great book, and as you can see here on their screen, it's a practical guide to personal freedom, uh, a Toltec uh, a wisdom book, The Four Agreements, and um, there's a reason behind that, but a bit of an introduction is everything we do in life is based on the agreements that we've made, whether they're the agreements with ourselves, uh, with other people, with society, and even with God, um, but most important, the agreements are those we make um, with ourselves. In these agreements, we tell ourselves who we are, how to behave, what is possible, and what is impossible. We say, that is what I am, and I can do certain things, and some things I just cannot do. Um, One single agreement is not such a problem, but we have many agreements that make us suffer and fail in life. The agreements that come from fear to us uh, uh, require us to expend a lot of energy, but the agreements that come from love help us conserve energy and even gain more energy. Um, yeah, and I, I think we all agree that we want more life and joy out of life, um, which we oftentimes have to find the courage to break 
um, you know, certain things that limit us, and especially if they have a lot to do with these agreements. Um, I'll skip ahead and say, based on ancient Toltec wisdom, the Four Agreements offers a simple code of conduct that can transform our lives to a new experience of freedom, happiness, and love. And just, just a little background too, um, thousands of years ago, the Toltec were known through Southern Mexico as women and men of knowledge. Um, they came together as masters and students of the, here we go, Ian, help me out, the Teotihuacan. Is that what it is? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, you're muted, but I'm going to go with Teotihuacan or Tuatiacan. I think that's right. Okay. The um, the Guanajuato Luki. Okay. The ancient city of pyramids outside of Mexico City known as the place where one becomes God. Um, and it just goes into a little bit of history and how they believed. But they were known as a civilization of people who um, were, were, were knowledgeable. And it's a lot has a lot to do with being in tune with yourself, with your society, with your environment. And environment and nature has a lot to do with it, as well as your belief in God, which um, I think is a safe place for us to begin because um, we have a foundation there as well. You know, I, I think it's safe to agree. Uh, I think it's safe to say that most people who maybe stumble in this podcast or, or want to listen have sort of a foundation where they believe in themselves, they believe in others, they believe in society, and they believe in possibly a higher being or a higher power. Um, and that's a that's a great place to start because we can now discuss maybe one or two of the major agreements in our in our um, in, in this concept. Let me uh, switch screens here, but. Uh, just to kind of give away the entire premise of the book, um, this is a cool little poster, but the four agreements are four major principles and we'll touch on two today, but the two, the, the, the four that, um, that they, that they spoke on was number one was be impeccable with your word. Number two was don't take anything personally. Number three is don't make assumptions. <laughs> I love that one. And then number four is always do your best. Uh, it reminds me of some, um, some familial and gener generational agreements that the 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 Kovach clan, <laughs> my family and genealogy have have mottoed and mantraed for for decades, and um, it gives me it gives me just great purpose to remember you know why I'm here, what I'm doing, and and uh, when I get off base or off track, it's definitely a great reminder to to get back and centered, um, but. If you guys are cool with it, let's start with um, be impeccable with your work. And this this little uh, um, excuse me, I just had a, a hiccup. Random um, being being impeccable with your word is 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 obviously a no brainer for a lot of people in business entrepreneurship. But when you when you think about it, and it talks here on the slide, it says speak with integrity, say only what you mean, avoid using the word using the word to speak against yourself or to gossip about others. Use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. Um, let's start with that first principle, you know, speak with integrity. Um, you know, this is, this is an, I think a powerful, powerful principle because this is something that as humans, we need to consistently strive to improve on because, you know, integrity has a bunch of different, definitions. Um, I, I know most people will define integrity as what you do when people aren't looking. And uh, I've always thrown it out there or added on to that. Whereas 
um, uh, integrity is also doing what you say you will do as well as doing what you should do when no one's looking, but you're looking, meaning you're, you're observational and aware of yourself. And that's a, that, that's important. I mean, integrity is, is an important piece and all of us, all of us fall short of it on, on, on a daily basis, um, as well as things that we, we continue to strive towards. And that's why we, we pride ourselves as God believing people, because, you know, if we were absolutely perfect in everything we did and said, you know, we would, we, we would be exalted on heaven, right? We would be, uh, um, beamed, uh, beam me up, Scotty beamed right up to heaven, right? It would be, it would be really, uh, we, we wouldn't have trials and, and tribulations to, to adhere to, but because it is something that we have to work towards, I think it's applicable and interesting that we need to talk about it because there are some people who you can say, oh yeah, that guy or that girl, they are integritous. They're, they're full of integrity, but yet they're not perfect. And I think that's an interesting concept because being, being impeccable with your word is making sure that words have meaning. I mean, come on, how many of us have like dove into conversation just to have conversation. My family loves to debate politics and let's not debate politics nor talk about it. I know Ian was just, just talking about some political uh, uh, rabbit holes we were going down, but like my family loves to debate politics just to debate, like just for the fun of debate. And for me, I am more of like the, I'd rather just be, you know, munching on my chips and salsa listening to the whole thing but i don't want to participate because one i don't want to be contributing to something i don't know and say two i don't want to share nonsense and three you know i think your words are important and uh here i'll i'll share this and then i'll kind of open it up for anyone else to talk about it but your words are important so so what you say is absolutely important like you want to be able to do um, what you, what you say you'll do, but more of that, like take inventory of what you say, how you say it, and how often you say it. Um, I have a, a, a friend when we jump on the phone, there are certain things that they will say that, that add up over time and they have weight. They have, they have like meaning and a deeper meaning. And I think that that's just something to just take note of. Like, having an awareness to self, which we talked about in our last segment about um, uh, outwitting the devil. We talked about that self-awareness piece and how important that is, but words have value. And if you're going to use them, use them right. And I think understanding your own language and using good words versus not so good words or better words are, 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 are helpful. Um, especially if you're going to be an integritous person and, I think for me, when I think about people who are full of integrity, it's the kind of people that when they speak, their words have deep value and you kind of retain them. When you talk to people and their words don't have value, um, you know, Ian and I were just on a phone call the other day and it's interesting because the, 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 the third party that we were talking to, um, it was very, very interesting. Their words Certain words had a lot of deep value and, and, and emotion and, and relative uh, um, connection. And some words were filler words. And we use that word a lot in the 
or that that phrase or that vocabulary in the speaker world. But filler words are things that just fill the fluff. But imagine a world where we were very impeccable with our speech and direct with what we're saying. And it it definitely leads to a perception of integrity. Um, anyways, those are some of my opening thoughts. I've definitely talked the whole 12 minutes. Sorry, guys. Let's open it up. Um, what thoughts do you have about being impeccable with your word, maybe about integrity or some other concepts? Yeah, I wanted to jump in um, and kind of go on something you said before, that words have meaning. And there's a great example he gives at the beginning. So I'm going to pick on William for a second, if you don't mind, William. Um, so what's your name? Uh, William. Why is that your name? Because that's the name my parents gave me. Yeah, they, they wrote it down on a piece of paper and sent it in to the county clerk. And now that's your name. Is But it's only because somebody said it was. Um, when you were born, you weren't just a William. It was because somebody gave you that name. Somebody said, this is what we're going to call you. Um, and at that point, you had a name and a meaning <clears throat> behind that name for you simply because someone decided that that's what it was going to be. Uh, but that word, that name has become important, I'm assuming, to you uh, because your wife yells at you all the time with that name and you have to hurry and do things when she says it. And <laughs> we've all been there. But uh, the idea is that words carry a strong meaning because we've been taught they do. Uh, the words themselves don't necessarily have a meaning except that we have ingrained through history and society in our own lives that these words are important. And as they become important, how we use them becomes more and more important. You know, if I start using the name William as a, a curse word, oh, William, <laughs> you know, I'm going to William you. Yeah. Um, suddenly, yeah. Uh, suddenly that becomes derogatory and it would become very offensive to you. I'm assuming if people started using that as a curse word instead of as the name that you're building up that you want to have and be known for. So how we use these words in our lives truly does carry a lot of meaning. Um, and when, as we use, um, you know, important words and words that have meaning or stronger meaning to us, that brings that meaning deeper into our, our consciousness, our hearts, um, and I guess enriches our lives. So the words we choose to use are important, not necessarily because of a word itself, but because we've ingrained so much of society into those words. Um, and as we master those words, that allows us to master our communication and the emotions that they carry with them. And I feel I'm rambling too much now. So let me turn it back to you guys. <laughs> no, I love that. And I will absolutely William you right now. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, I love it. The words are, like you said, Ian and, and John, words are so important. I remember several years ago when I was back doing one of the first networking groups that I, I went to. And I showed up scared about how many high performers and high level professionals were in this room. 
And I felt so undervalued that I had to come up with some lies to boost my self-esteem enough to feel like I fit in the room. And as I talked with individuals, I stuttered the whole way through. Not because I'm a person that stutters much anymore, but because I was trying to convince other people of something I was not. And so when we talk about integrity with our words, I think back to me a few years ago and to me now, and there's a big shift in difference. Because back then I thought I had to impress people, which they, they just wanted to get to know me. And now I try to use my words the best way that I can. I still mess up probably most of the time, right? But I'm taking that lying, needing to lie or uh, half-truth factor of everything and simply moving it into being more integratable. And now I'm able to speak clearer. I'm able to go out and talk with individuals about what I'm doing. It might not be as impressive as what I told them back then. But then again, that's just my perception on what impressive is, right? So I love how, Ian, what you said about the power in your words, because they are powerful. And the way that we go about talking about ourselves and talking about others absolutely affects how we think. Because back then I was using my words and the power was towards impressing people. And now hopefully, as I go that throughout my day to day, my words are taking that power and moving them more towards helping others and improving myself more with self-love and self-identity. I think you hit a, a great point there in your example uh, that I wanted to, to touch on. Um, when you were kind of lying up there, you were stuttering. The, your words were not congruous with your true feelings. They weren't in alignment. Um, and as your words are not in alignment with what you're really meaning, you can't communicate well, um, whether it's just not explaining a point or physically not being able to, to say things clearly and, and smoothly. Um, but as you align those, um, everything flows better. And it kind of goes the other way as well. If your feelings aren't reflected in your words, your words, I guess your words and your feelings just go together. Um, not long ago, William and I were talking and he pointed out some, some things in the way I was phrasing. He said, you know, when you say it in this way, it's showing a lack of confidence. Um, when you say this, you're teaching your brain to look at things in a more negative way than if you change that to be more positive. And I was trying to remember the exact words that you had said there, um, but it helped me to think about it and say, well, you know, if I'm always saying, boy, I'm dumb, um, in the end, I'm gonna be thinking I'm dumb. Um, so, you know, being, I just got the words, impeccable with your words. Um, the more you're paying attention to the words you use, the more it affects your whole feeling. Um, and you can say the same thing in different ways. Um, I used to use the example in, in sports that if I say the Dodgers beat the Yankees, that makes it sound like the Dodgers did good. If I say the Yankees lost to the Dodgers, that makes it sound like the Yankees did bad. <laughs> and 
it's the same thing either way, but how you say it affects the whole mood and meaning behind what you're saying. So the more we choose the right words to express our real feelings, um, the more those real feelings come out, we convey them to other people and we make those real connections with people rather than manipulating whether we mean to or not. I'll jump in and say, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And, you know, I, I think in, in modern society, as I listen to people speak, the overuse of adjectives has been totally um, mis, misrepresented. And a lot of people will, will use improper adjectives as an emphasis to what they're trying to convey, um, probably because they have a lack for using better words or describing. And, and you know, oftentimes when people are describing a large something, they'll say big, but then they'll do like a little comma and then they'll add huge. It's like, well, is it big or is it huge, right? There's, there's so many things about the English language that that we overemphasize because we think it's a big deal or that it will attract more people, but simplifying and, and communicating in a way that's direct and personal um, has a lot more value. It has a lot more weight to it than overemphasizing and over communicating in some ways. Um, it's interesting in the book that they talked about. And I like this image because um, in, in many ways, a sword or in how John Kovach would say it, a sword, because you have to pronounce the W, um, a sword has a lot of power. Um, in medieval times, it was a weapon. It was used to, well, unfortunately, um, behead people and take people out. But it is also a symbol of, of, of um, royalty. It's a symbol of trust. It's a symbol of, of deity as well as um, uh, genealogy. And you've probably heard the phrase, you know, the, oh, it's a double-edged sword or there's a two-edged sword. Um, and, and that's typically a, um, a negative comment. Um, and most people will say, well, yeah, it's a two-edged sword or double-edged sword because, you know, it can do something on one end, but it can do another thing on the other end. So there's always a cause and an effect there's always a response to what exactly it is that we're that you're doing or experiencing and i think it's interesting because it the word the word is the most powerful tool you can use um and if you liken it unto a sword with two edges your word can create the most beautiful like dream or your word can destroy everything around it um, the edge of the sword or the one edge of a sword, if misused, uh, um, can create just, just like living hells for some people. But, um, when you use words in the right way, the other edge is, is the impeccability of the word. Um, so, so knowing that if, if, if using language, using words to, to help or describe or to do anything with people, uh, with other people, or even with yourself, um, using the right edge of your sword is very, very important because the impeccable side is going to lead to positive results and it's going to create more value. Um, think of, think of it this way. Like uh, let, let's use one of the most modern historical references. Um, how many of you have ever had a dream 
uh, like like ever dreamt. Like everyone has had dreams. Like no one has gone life without having a dream. And I'm talking about like sleeping dreams or even like visions and and aspirations, right? But everyone aspires to something. There's nobody is raised to not think that they want something more than what they have. It's just it's just life. And you know, if I were John Kovach, the young, you know, um, um, uh, nobody knows who John is right now, right? If I were to come out and say, you know, I have a dream that men and women will be equal, you know, that is a very powerful statement. But nobody is going to listen to that. Like the president of the United States doesn't care what John Kovach thinks. And no offense to our president, but I don't think he knows. But if someone like Martin Luther King Jr. steps up and says, I have a dream. And because of who he is, his context, his power, he's using the impeccable side of the sword rather than using it to destroy or do anything else. And not that I was destroying anyone, but there's just that image of the impeccability with a double-edged sword. And like you said, Ian, you can definitely use words for good and you can also miss and abuse them. And that's just important to know. So impeccability with your word is, um, is, is vital. You guys, if you want to add anything to that, go ahead. I just wanted to kind of review again, some of the other concepts here, because you can avoid using the word to speak against yourself or to gossip about others is a topic we can cover as well. And then using the power of your word in direction of truth and love are, are some thoughts we can dive into too. Let me just do a real quick one to, to add on to what you said. And these might be little trite phrases we hear, but you're talking about the adjectives and we, there's a saying out of the mouths of babes come words of wisdom. Um, and it's because they just say something simple <laughs> they don't embellish it and use fancy words. They just say it. And then it hits us because it is so straightforward and simple. And I think the more we add to our words, um, probably the less meaning they have. Um, so the more direct we are with them. The other real quick one, I heard this a while ago. And, um, you know, a horse is a big, strong, powerful animal compared to a human. Um, but how do we control a horse? We put a bit in their mouth. <laughs> and by moving that, we can move the whole horse. So if you control the mouth, you control the rest of the body. And I think there's some more intrinsic wisdom in that as well. So those are the two thoughts I had to add in there. Yeah, and I'll also add one last thing. I find it interesting how, as I think back over the last few months, the descriptive words that I've used to excuse myself to not have a bigger vocabulary. Because that's when it comes. That's what it really comes down to, is when my vocabulary grows, I can use the words to better define what I mean, instead of saying, "Yeah, they, you know, they weren't lying, but they were. They weren't telling almost all of the little bit of, of the truth, right? When you can just say they weren't telling the truth." just super simple. So there's that side. And then there's also the other side of there's a confidence that comes from when you use the right words. And when you don't hold back and are able to be blunt, but loving, 
then you feel confident saying it. But when yourself, you don't have that self-love, don't feel the judgment of other people. It's hard to come up with the words that need to be said. But when the confidence is there, you love yourself and everything, the words come out through experience and the knowledge that you put together into wisdom. So those are my two thoughts of the more confidence you have in yourself, the easier it is to convey words and the skill of having a bigger vocabulary absolutely adds in addition to that. I have to add one more thing on there. Sorry, we keep adding things in. But um, as you talk about expanding your vocabulary, it reminded me of a, a little uh, snippet I read about Helen Keller a while ago. And she said that when uh, her teacher, Ann Sullivan, first put her hand under the water and fingerspelled the word water. And when she first recognized that that sensation of water, the taste and everything had a name, it wasn't that she suddenly could name something. It's that her world expanded to an understanding. And she became so excited to learn new words because said every new word she learned, her world, her universe expanded um, because now she could name and label things. Things now had meaning and her world became bigger and bigger through each individual word that she learned. So I think there's, there is a lot of power in that. Um, We've all read something and it's hit us. And just the way someone said something has expanded our understanding and our views of it. I think it's interesting too to dive into just uh, the meaning of the word impeccable, because if, if this is a foundation for us, the word impeccable means without sin. And it is, it is the use of religious talk. Um, but, but a sin is anything you do, which goes against yourself. Right. And you go against yourself when you judge or blame or reject yourself. But, um, reading a few notes here, uh, but self-rejection is one of the biggest sins that you can commit, um, in the Toltec value. Right. Um, obviously, <laughs> uh, going against yourself probably has some weight, but not as much weight about uh, to, to killing people or committing adultery and stuff like that, right? Like there's some pretty intense sins out there, but but what, what the Toltec believed were, you know, you go against yourself when you judge or blame or reject yourself. And I love what Willie was saying because it truly is important to to love and trust yourself and to be impeccable with that. And that's something that we talk about in champion circle with, with uh, personal uh, accountability is integrity is built into this. And what you do when you say you're going to do it is up to you. And keeping your word to yourself is more important in my opinion than keeping your word to others, because your word to yourself is built on the foundations of what it is that you, that you say and commit to yourself, your soul, your being, your living and your God. Um, but you take responsibility for your actions and, you know, you don't judge, blame, or reject yourself. I think it's just important to see that. And, um, there's a few things in here, you know, a lot of us can, can completely reject ourselves and not to say that when we have our down days and that when we're, um, really, really like in the mood or in the moments of, of, of self-pity and, 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 and we're going through our own stuff. Um, not to say that that's a sin. I don't want to go down that direction, but it's definitely where we need to have beautiful 
um, impeccable words with ourselves as often as we do with others. And that's kind of that introspective um, perspective in, in, in all of this. So introspective perspective. I just realized I used that combination. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about? Uh, we're, we're actually are coming up to the end of our uh, discussions today, but any other thoughts on, on being impeccable with your word? I think you covered it pretty well. <laughs> awesome. Um, in, in that case, let's just take like five more minutes if you guys are cool. And we can cover this more on the next segment. But I would love to talk a little bit about the second agreement. Um, and in the second agreement, it says don't take anything personally. Um, and, and in this slideshow, it says nothing others do is because of you. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality. When you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victims of needles, need, needless suffering. Uh, I, I think this is interesting because maybe we just use this as a segue from, from impeccable words to just how we receive and perceive things because nobody goes through life unscathed, right? We all bruise our knees. We all um, burn our fingers. We all um, feel both, you know, joy and happiness as well as anger and pain. And that is something that, that is unavoidable, but yet our emotions have value as well. Our emotions have weight. There's a reason and a meaning behind all of them. But when you don't take things personally, you know, you, you, you accept and take ownership. That was something that the previous principle talked about is you, you own it. You, you, you take ownership of what it is that you say, receive, do, and, and so forth. But when it comes to being on the receiving end, you know, I've, I've been in many situations where we've run into strangers and strangers have opened their mouth. And sometimes strangers don't say the nicest things and that can really throw you off your groove. You know, that can really put you in a place where you're like, Oh, I can't believe someone would say that. I, they don't even know me, you know, and it drags you down a rabbit hole of negativity and a spiraling out of control emotion of anger, fear um, of what people perceive and conceive from you and so forth. And I think that it's just, it's so important the important, sorry, there you go. Use the word, spell the word. It's, it's got a T in there. Important that, that we are able to be confident in ourselves and allow that to drive our understanding and our ability to behave. Um, when you have full control, you know, your words and your actions have a lot of weight. And I think that this is one of those things, and I'd love to dive way deeper into this than we have or will, but but taking things personally can can often lead to a longer string of things. And you know, when when we need to communicate, when we need to open up our mouths and let people know that they've either done us wrong or we felt a certain way about what they said or did, um, that's important because we have that 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 modality for expression. But we also need to be able to um, take in what we want and what we need and be able to make decisions from that from that point. Um, I think it's I think it's wise uh, um, Toltec wisdom that they they talked about how how feedback is important, 
but also um, reactions in scenarios and situations uh, to not perpetuate a world of, of reactive people, but yet to take everything as, as God has laid it out for us and make it environmental, make it something that was just happened to be. And everything happens for a reason. And it, 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 it gets into deeper concepts from there. Yeah, I, I love that. And um, I was trying not to go too deep into this side because there's a whole bunch we can talk there. But, you know, words have meaning. But also, you kind of talked about how when you're talking to yourself or saying things to yourself, in reality, everything we say, you know, everything that, that William says to me is from William. He's not saying anything to me that's from me. So everything is coming from someone else's perspective. Um, and that's part of that. So I can't take offense because it's him talking, not me talking. Um, and then there's a political thing that I won't go into who it is, but he, he likes to say, um, facts don't care about your feelings. And we have to remember that too. There's facts that are simply there. Um, I cannot slam dunk. That's a fact. And it doesn't hurt my feelings. Um, no matter how you say it to me, it's not going to hurt my feelings because it's a simple fact and it's there. Uh, but the last part of that is, um, is that communication words from someone to me. I have to remember that it's their words and their feelings, not me. When I was younger, I had several jobs where I wore a name tag and I loved wearing a name tag because no matter how good that sword the other person was using, the name tag to me was a shield. Whatever they said that was mean to me, they were actually saying to the name tag because they didn't know anything about me. Um, they were directing it to the name tag with my title. Um, I worked in hotels and it would say front desk clerk. And when they were upset, they were upset at front desk clerk, not at Ian. They were upset at the situation, not at my upbringing. Even though they might have said things about my mother, that's not who they were really upset about. <laughs> they were upset about the situation. Um, so as you don't take things personally, you realize that it's the other person's feelings that are involved and it's the situation that's involved. It's not you that's involved. And if your actions or words or something played into it, then look at the fact of, do you need to change that or do you need to continue it? And there's a whole nother conversation there, but not taking it personally means recognizing that words are important, but words come from a person from their perspective and their background. And they don't necessarily have anything to do with me. I love that. And man, you're right. We can go so many different avenues and so deep into so many different things. You, you know, fill a words right there. So many different things. The two things that pop up to my mind that I would love to add to you, Ian and John, is it's okay to forget about things like that sometimes. Emotions come up. I know for myself, uh, just last week, I had a friend who I got a little peeved on <laughs> about some things that were going on. And we've had a discussion since then. And he brought up a really great question. 
which was, I'm doing my thing, but how are you feeling with everything? Because all of this couldn't come from simply one occurrence. And as I thought more about that, I thought, you're right. It's the volcano effect where everything kind of built up and they just happened to be that little string that dropped on the camel's back. And because of that, I am now able to move forward from there. I need to make reconciliation. I think that's the right word myself, but it's time to move forward from that. And so when we're talking about don't take offense to anything, it's yeah, they are living their life. I'm living my life and we are all people who are just moving forward. Now there are times where it feels like that can't happen. Which goes into my, the other thought I had on forgiveness. Now, I can go into this so deep, but I won't. What I will say is a story and then the comment of what true forgiveness is. Because I think a lot of us forget what forgiveness is about. And we forgive, try to forgive the wrong thing. And because we're trying to forgive the wrong thing, we can't forgive. Which then gets our emotions going. Two of my best friends got married with each other. And unfortunately, the husband had an affair. And I was really mad at him (laughs) for that happening. I hated the emotions that it went between them. And I hated how he could just do that in general. And me trying to be more like Christ and more a better person, I thought, okay, I need to forgive him for what he's done. But that's not what forgiveness is because his thing is between him, God, and his wife because that's who it was between. How does my thing come in? It's how I reacted to the situation. So instead of me forgiving him about what he did, it's me needing to forgive him for the emotions of his actions to me which then brings a full 180 back to me. Again, I can go into this so much, uh, but it's the emotions that I felt that need to be forgiven for. So instead of me forgiving him for what he did, it's me forgiving him for how he made me feel. And when it's taken in that ball and that sphere, then I'm able to deal with it because I can go to him and say, hey, you hurt me. You hurt me in this way. It's not anywhere close to how you and your wife and every, you know everything else that you're feeling right now is. But this is how you hurt me. I don't want to feel this way. I want to just move past it. I wanted to bring it. I wanted to say it to you and tell you that you and I are still friends. Nothing is going to come in between that. You may. You are a good person that made a bad decision, right? And when it came from that direction, I was able to forgive. Like it says, if you're religious in the scriptures, like it says, when we think about mental health and with things along therapy and trauma and abuse and and, and so many other different ways. The true feeling of forgiveness isn't necessarily what the other person has done. It's how your mind and experiences reacted to that situation. So you need to help get those feelings in par with each other. 
I can, goodness, I can go so deep into this, but trailing that back into the conversation of don't be, just don't be offended. um, It really comes down to they're living their life and they are going to interact with you if you choose to be with them. And if they're your friends or your family, sometimes those sacrifices of those negatives is absolutely worth it to uh, to the many positives that can come out of it. So I'm still friends with him. I'm still friends with his wife. They're working out with things. I am on both of their sides and helping them wanting to do everything they can to continue their relationship because that was the choice that they made. And so I was able to forgive them. My life got is moving forward. Their life is moving forward. And instead of me butting heads, being like, how in the freaking world can you come up and do that to your spouse? I come at it saying, I still love both of you. And going back to the first agreement, when it's going at it with love, that's in an accompaniment. That might be the right word. I'm dyslexic. Accompaniment of of two agreements together to go forward. So that's the thoughts I had. I'll turn it back to you guys. And just jump into something. And I I hope this doesn't come out as uh, trivializing something you said. But as you were talking, it made me think about uh, just kind of a way to look at this communication in general, aside from, from the deeper meanings you had there. But I think if we are impeccable with our words and we speak with concern for the feelings and meaning we're passing on to others, but we listen with the logic of not being offended and looking at listen for the fact of it rather than the feeling. So maybe speak with feeling and listen with logic. To boil it down really small. Yeah, I, I love all that. And I want to just thank you guys for the deep dive that we've done. And we could go even deeper, which we should, which we'll do another segment on this and maybe get into that third and fourth agreement as well. But um, as far as like taking things personal, I know there's so many things we could dive into. Um, what what Don Miguel Ruiz talks about, and in, in I guess one of the most powerful statements of them all, is is understanding what what your feelings in any situation are really about. And he says, taking things personally is, and I, I, this is, this is a bold statement. Um, but taking things personally is the maximum expression of selfishness because we make the assumption that everything is about me. And that's a hard one for me to hear because <laughs> I guess my world is me, right. And your world is you and your world is you. And, and uh, that, that, that's, that's, that's helpful because it leads into so many other things and scenarios as Willie was sharing a, a, a really tragic scenario of his friendship, but how he's turned it into gold um, is important. And I know that there's just so many other principles that we can get into. Um, for example, there's, there's, there's not only how we behave, but how we take things personally, um, how, how, when we start to allow our emotions to take things personally, get the best of us, um, we become open to the poisons of, of our hearts. And um, that kind of emotional garbage can, can definitely move things in. Now, one thing I will share, and we can kind of end this um, as we're getting to the top of the hour, is that this does not suggest, and this is just for our listeners, this does not suggest that 
you become an emotionless person, right? It does not mean you need to turn off the switch of emotion. Um, what it means is that you can, you, you are entitled to your feelings. You, you, um, you have the ability to feel things and that's, that's one of God's greatest gifts to us. But, um, <clears throat> taking things personally in, in, in any sense is a way of thinking about yourself versus maybe the greater scenario, um, or the greater picture. And that's something to just take into perspective. Um, I highly recommend this as a book you read, um, pick up the four agreements, take a look at it, read through it. You get some great examples. Um, as described in our, our slide at the beginning here, uh, it's a Toltec wisdom book. It's a book that you can gain your own personal principles out of and, and, and build off from there because there are some deeper, deeper meanings to a lot of things. And there are some things where you can be like, yeah, 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 yeah that makes sense. I, I'm good at that. Right. And, and you can move forward, but the, the values and examples of the things we're creating are just from the three lives of individuals who have, you know, wives who have families who, are um, reading through these books with our own perspectives and so much more. So um, I, I appreciate the both of you for, for your contributions to this conversation. And uh, I look forward to another conversation next week about um, the other, the other topics and we can even go into a deeper dive of, of selfishness um, and, and if we would like to. So, uh, but with that being said, guys, tune in next time. And we, uh, we look forward to seeing you at the uh, next segment of uh, our podcast, Champion Reads Podcast. We cover best-selling books, and we love talking about the principles. And treat this as a as a um, as a reading club or a book club. You know, allow us to cover topics and books that you want to learn. And if you have questions or you have thoughts you want to add to our conversation, send us an email. We're always inviting you to do so. Send us an email. You can send it to info at mychampioncircle.com where you can contact our team. And if you have questions or thoughts or um, you know prompts that you'd love us to cover or discussion topics you'd like us to cover in these, we'd love to hear from you. So with that being said, guys, appreciate both of you today. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll sign out with our closing uh, outro, but I just wanted to say thank you to our listeners and uh, give us some feedback. Send us an email to info at mychampioncircle.com so that we can learn what we need to do to uh, reach you and to uh, accommodate some of the questions and thoughts and maybe even the topics that you're seeking to understand and learn. With that being said, we'll sign out. See you guys next time. See you later. <laughs>